So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 109 of Geekitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by my wonderful co-host, Ray Vargas. How you doing, Ray? Hey, how's it going? Doing good. Awesome. Now, the audience may notice that uh, I referred to you as my co-host because you are going to be coming on as a semi-full-time fixture for Geektitude from now on. Yes, as life allows. <laughs> as life allows. As life allows. We may swap out a little bit here and there, but but you're you're our guy <laughs> moving yeah. forward. Um, we're not going to spend too much time talking about the the change and the changes to Geektitude this episode. We were trying to do it last week, but we had all sorts of internet issues. So um, this week we're going to stick with Black Panther because I mean, we're sure people want to hear about it and talk about it and and interact with it. So we're going to focus on that. But um, I did want to mention that, um, you know, after 108 episodes, uh, I I'm starting to, to need a a new perspective on this show. (laughs) And, uh, and so Ray brings, um, you know, a different perspective, uh, reliability, because one of the problems with Geektitude is it is an interview show. And so if I don't have a guest, <laughs> I'm in trouble. So if at least I know that no matter what, I'll have Ray to to uh, fall back on. And uh, we're going to get out regardless. 
Yeah, exactly. We always have <laughs> we always have fun anyway. So the next couple episodes, we're going to kind of get our bearings, and then we're going to hopefully pull in a new stable of guests because um, I think Ray has some great ideas, but we will talk about that next week. Sounds good. All right, sir. Well, um, I know you are anxious to get to Black, Black Panther, and I I am as well, but what have you been doing that's been geeky in the last week or two? Uh, I've been doing a ton of geeky stuff, uh, surprisingly, um, as people who may have heard me talk on this podcast before may know I'm, I'm, I work full time and I'm now a a full time grad student as well. Don't ask me how I'm doing those two things at the same time. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) I I try not to think about it too much because I do feel like it's kind of a a wily coyote situation where as long as I just keep walking straight without looking down off the cliff, I won't fall. Um, Right, right. But somehow I've managed to squeeze in a bunch of geeky stuff. Um, as you sent me the show notes for this episode and I started to write down, kind of jot down what I've been doing, I realized why wow, I've been, you know, watching a bunch of stuff online, reading, which uh, is always something I try to do more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, consuming and like totally uh, getting involved in all the Black Panther hype uh, leading up to the film. So that's what I'll focus on this time. I'll talk about more geeky stuff uh, in future episodes, but um, really just everything surrounding Black Panther, the anticipation, all of the discussions, um, everything, um, watching, tracking down all the trailers, um, and also getting involved with some fan art. Uh, I made, um, some fan art of my own, um, uh, connected to, to Black Panthers, uh, the movie coming out. Um, and I shared this with you. I know, yes. uh, you, uh, it's, it, it was really cool to see my geekiest friends, uh, uh, get really excited about what I put together because I mean, it works on a bunch of levels, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can, we can make it so that people listening to this can, can, uh, see this image. Um, but I basically took the, the cover to Captain America issue number one, uh, drawn by, uh, uh Kirby. And, uh, it's, it's the very, very well-known cover where he's busting into, you know, a Nazi war room and punching Hitler, um, as, as, uh, Nazi soldiers are, you know, taking their shots at him. Uh, and I just, I remixed that. And I, instead of, uh, uh, Captain America, I made that Black Panther and, uh, I took out, uh, Hitler and I put in Trump and a bunch of secret service agents. And I basically turned it into a Black Panther cover, but completely, um, uh, using the same, you know, Kirby layout or whatnot. As a matter of fact, I use as many as the same inks, original inks as possible, uh, when I was putting it together digitally. So, uh, I spent a good chunk of time working on that actually. (laughs) Uh, And it looks amazing. Like the amount of detail in that is, is great. It's like really cool to see what you kept and what, what you changed. And it, it was very, very cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, it was really fun to make. Um, it's been a while since I've made, you know, comic book art, uh, which is what I, I mean, that's the whole reason why I became an artist really was because of comic books. And even though, you know, most of the time I'm painting now, it was really cool to just connect to that part of my fandom and to just Mm -hmm. make an image and put something out there that I was hoping, you know, other people would enjoy. And so far they have, it's, um, it's getting out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no and it, it's i know as soon as i saw the image i geeked out and i thought it was awesome and uh we sent it out on the state of the geek um 
Twitter because it seemed like the most ap- uh, appropriate place for it to be. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah. Like I said before, it's fun to see the really you know geeky people that that instantly get the reference and uh, get it on that level as well. That's probably been the most satisfying part for me because that's a cover that if you're into comics and if you've read comics, you're into comic book culture at all, you know that cover. You know, and, I, and I've yeah, been aware yeah. of that cover since. I was a teenager. So, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Now, have you gotten a lot of, um, a lot of feedback from like people other than, than friends and family? Um, yeah, actually. So one of the things, um, one of the cool things that I participated in was, uh, me and my group of friends got to go see, uh, Black Panther on Thursday night, uh, when it opened. Um, Mm -hmm. we went with a huge group that I met online, um, who planned like a, a viewing party kind of thing at El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. And so um, her, the person who put this together, her name's Brianne Walker. Um, she goes by um, Berneris Targaryen on Facebook. She's a really cool <laughs> She's a cosplayer. Uh, she really did an amazing job just uh, really pooling everyone's enthusiasm for this movie coming out and creating this event where, you know, we bought a bunch of group, we, as a group, we bought a bunch of tickets. And I think we bought out like three or four rows of the Capitan Theater in the orchestra section. Um, wow. And, you know, people were hyped. So some people dressed up, some people cosplayed. Um, I wanted to, to do something different, but still participate in that. So in that energy. So I printed out about uh, 50 copies uh, or prints of this image. I signed and numbered them um, and I handed them out. Um, and that was pretty cool to see people kind of get hyped about that. And as kind of word spread around that someone was handing out the, this free artwork, you know, people started coming up to me and some people wanted to take pictures, which I, you know, I loathe pictures, but I, I indulged a couple requests. Um, so that was cool. And then we put it on t-shirts. So my whole group wore, you know, t-shirts with this image on it. It was just a lot of fun. It just, it kind of reminded me of like getting hyped up for like a con, you know, and like uh-huh, uh-huh. a cosplay, if you're going to do something special and going out with your group of friends and doing that, it just, it had that energy to it, which it's really cool to see everyone, you know, kind of participating in that over a movie like this and, and really getting hyped about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I put That's it awesome. up. And it, and we're we're gonna talk about the movie, but it was a like I I don't have enough good things to say about it. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Anything else you you were working on this week? Oh or- man, I mean, my life is mostly you know painting in the studio and and working. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm sure we're gonna get to talk eventually about all the trailers that have been coming out, right? Um, and also some of the comic books that I've been reading. I've been catching up on on a couple of titles like uh, Batman and Spider-Man and whatnot. But um, yeah, for, for the most part, Hank, uh, really getting ready for, for Black Panther. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I haven't had, I've been, <laughs> I have also been very busy. Um, our show goes up on Thursday and or not. Yeah. Thursday. And, wow. um, and it's not, I mean, the kids are ready. <laughs> We're not ready. <laughs> that still has like these, like there's one big piece of set piece that if it doesn't get done and it's kind of one of those things where every time, um, we, we approach it, it, something goes wrong and we're like, all right, we have to re reimagine this. Oh. And it's like, it's like the pinnacle moment of the show relies on this set piece working correctly. And so if, 
we can't we got two days <laughs> we wow. got tuesday and wednesday to get this thing to work and um you know we tried to put it together last week and it, it just wasn't happening and then um you know i'm waiting for a student to um you know she's going to go out and with her parents and try and buy a replacement screen and see if cuz she's doing the art on it and and it's it's like I, I have delegated a lot during this show, but this is the point in time where it's kind of like <laughs> I have to I have to uh, rely on other people coming through because I can't do what's required to get it done. Wow! So so it's just kind of like you know gritting our teeth and hoping that this last piece comes in and um, and gets done. Um, we've got a couple of like additions to the set that if they don't get up, they don't get up, but um, but we're hoping that by the end of tomorrow, the set will be done. And uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the biggest theater project I have ever taken on, and it's awesome. And the kids are doing an amazing job. And you know, last time we ran the full show, I, I, I teared up a couple times because I'm just so proud of the kids. Yeah. But I will be so glad when it's over. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I, I <laughs> that it's. It's so funny because you hear this about productions, uh, you hear production stories or whatnot, how, you know, no matter how much you prepare, some stuff is just kind of left up to, well, hope that works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and we're, and we're like, I'd, I'm, I've keep stopping myself from coming up with solutions because I'm like, it's going to work and I'm not going to stress about it until it doesn't work again. And if it doesn't work again, we'll come up with a solution, but <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to do. With it. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. Um, what, what, yeah. what a, did you know going into this, that it was going to be such a huge undertaking? Like, did you, did you anticipate that this was the largest, you know, theater project that you've taken on like this? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely did because um, I felt like my kids were ready to kind of up their game. And so I'm like, all right, well, we're, we're going to, as a group up our game and, uh, and so I knew it was going to be, in fact, <laughs> I was at a booster club meeting and, um, there's a very supportive parent and she's a theater professional and she's actually producing the show, um, next month, same, same show we're doing, we're doing in the Heights by Lynn Monroe Miranda. Mm -hmm. And, um, and <laughs> at this meeting, she's like, looking at me, she goes like, I'm really scared for you. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, really? She goes like, do you realize how huge of an undertaking this is? And I'm thinking, you know, I've been doing theater since, since my, my high school years and I've, I've run a theater professionally. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, please don't, please don't scare me any more than I already am. I know what I'm getting into. I know how ridiculous it is <laughs> for us to take the thought, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if I don't push myself and I don't push the kids, then we're going to stagnate at the same spot. And we're always going to put on the okay shows. And I feel like at this point I've built up a program that can do better than okay shows. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool that you uh, are like aware of that and wanting to push it forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, every year you got to try and figure out what, what's best for the kids you have. And I have a lot of really talented kids and the more I get them to, um, you know, the, the, the more we do with the theater program, the more people are like, that looks really cool. I want to be part of it. And then we get a new batch of more 
talented people. So, you know, it, it's this constant growing thing. And so I think we, this year we, we've kind of reached that equilibrium where it's like, w- this was the right show for the right cast. It It's going to be phenomenal. We've already sold out two of the three days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, it's a very exciting and I'm so excited that, that it's almost done <laughs> because I would like, I would like my life back. Last week I stayed to, at school till 10 one day till eight thirty another day. Um, oh. you know, and it's, and it's not just me because the kids are sitting there painting and cutting and hammering and fixing costumes. And so it's not like, you know, it's just me doing it. In fact, I'm doing very little other than keeping the doors open and, you Directing, know, making decisions. Not, yeah. And, and, and in many cases, it's kind of like, I'm asking the questions of what needs to be done next. And they say, well, this, that, and the other thing. So, I mean, they're, they're doing 90% of oh, the work, that's awesome. but, but somebody got to be there to, to lock up. At the right. And this is <laughs> so, something that like, they're going to think about for the rest of their lives. Like this is an experience that they're going to look back on and be like, yeah, you know, my high school, like that was like, that's cool. Like whenever, you know, they talk or discuss high school with their friends growing up or whatnot years from now, I'm sure people are gonna go, what you did what in high school? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's almost there. I can't wait to see the final product because as when once Thursday at four comes, like there's no, there's no going back. That's it. The the, the prep is done and whatever is working works and whatever doesn't work, doesn't work. And we go, and then I can just kind of sit back and go, we did this. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to a nice break afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure however it works out, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be another Bruce the Shark kind of a situation where, you know what, <laughs> we, you know, maybe we didn't have everything that we anticipated, but you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like you've got a great group that is ready to roll, is ready to just, you know, go with, with what you have and make the best out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's just, I just got to keep reminding myself it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's not delay any further. We're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and then we're going to just dive right into Black Panther because we both have a lot to say. I'm Void. And I'm Beach, And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded or whatever comics hey everyone rob here your friendly neighborhood comic geek inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on the comic box where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek so join us for the comic box each week right here on the geek to geek podcast network Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. 
And we're back. So, Black Panther. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for a while. Well, you and I have been talking about this for a while. I don't know that we've been talking about this on the show all that much, but um, it is here. It is amazing. And I guess we should – do we want to start with the good or do we want to – like? How do we want to do this? <laughs> and that's a great question. Uh, I've been thinking about this film so much since I saw it. I'm lucky I got to see it twice, um, which second time around really had uh, an impact on me that I wasn't expecting because there was so much hype and excitement, you know, watching it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so much joy, like in the theater, that um, part of me, and of course, this is like where my analytical mind just like things up sometimes but um i just started to catch myself and be like wait is this really as enjoyable as i'm feeling right now or am i just caught up or what you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah like a little bit skeptical like oh was that character really as well thought out as i you know as people are saying or whatnot so going to sing it a second time and just sitting and, and i saw it imax 3 the second time so you know i wasn't messing around joe um, <laughs> it it, it, I really got a chance to sit and just absorb the story and really, really dive into the story and follow it. And, um, wow, I enjoyed it the second time uh, more than the first time. It just more levels kind of made themselves known to me. And so I've been thinking, like, how are we going to approach this? And um, definitely, it, I think it has to be looked at in a certain context, just a sim- kind of similar to what we did with Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and it was – I, I – keep thinking back to that because i think i was having a hard time um kind of putting into words where we were coming from and why it deserved to be looked in a different looked at in a different light and i feel like now i have a better understanding of that Mm -hmm. um definitely this is a movie a marvel movie that is made by and for black people Mm -hmm. like first and you feel that watching the film you know what i mean like it is definitely made by and for black people and so that context can't be discarded that that's something that cannot you you can't really to to watch this movie without that knowledge or without that in mind i think you miss out on so much and it changes the movie you know yeah um and so that's the number one thing i think that you have to think about because when you realize that you're consuming something that you know, obviously everybody has a chance to consume, but it's made or, you know, for a, a certain audience and you're not in that audience. I think that definitely needs to um, be considered, you know, because if I'm sitting there, you're, you're a you're a high school English teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, with a focus in drama. And, you know, when something comes along that is made for you. Right. For that that specific population, you know what I mean. There's not a lot of that. that can, there's not a lot of us that can say that we have that experience under our belt and that we've been in that kind of scenario. And so, if something comes along that is made for for you and for that population, and then I watch it, someone who's not a high school English teacher, someone who's an artist or whatnot, and I say, eh, you know that I didn't, you know, like this or or I didn't get that or that didn't make sense, and you, the person, you know that 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 was made for, says that was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I I kind of have to take that, you know, I have to take your words as as meaning more. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I did. I had those conversations with my husband when we used to watch Glee, and I, I'm sure we're going to have that when I have the when, when we watch uh, Rise, which is coming up next uh, month, and it's about uh, a theater teacher. And, That's a great example. Yeah, yeah and it's going to be one of those things where a lot of the times my my husband will turn to me and say, "All right, is that is that realistic?" Or, um, you know, does that, does that make sense? Does that actually happen? Exactly. Uh, just the other night we were watching, um, uh, Grace and Frankie and, uh, my mother-in-law is a retired nurse and she was like, okay, they wouldn't be changing that. You know, you, you notice those things <laughs> when it has, when it has to do with what, who you are. Yes. Yes. And I think that also impacts this idea of good or bad and what makes something good or bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That, that a conversation that we're going to be jumping into more in depth in later episodes. But I think that also impacts that where you can say you don't like something, you know, you can say, you know what, I didn't care for that or that wasn't for me. Um, but to say something is bad because you don't like it. I think that's, that's, you know, that's what we've gotten to with fandom nowadays, unfortunately. Right. And I think that when, when people that, you know, the population that, that something is expressly intended for says, this is great. Then I think it's okay to say you didn't like it, but to say that it was not good. I think that's a whole nother, you know, thing. I think that there, there's there's a certain entitlement that comes with that. Just like people saying, you know, something is objectively bad and, and, and anything, you know, in any art, um, that's really a tough pill to swallow for me at this point. You know, I'm yeah, going to no, call this really on that point. I think, you know, our next episode is going to be very much about changing some of the way we talk about and analyze our, our fandoms, because it, you're, you're right. Just saying, cause it isn't good and bad. It's like, and dislike, and that's a, a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And so having, you know, having said that, uh, and I think that's a really, really important point to make when discussing not only this property, but other properties that are made for, you know, a specific people, a specific population. Um, I, I was, there is so much that this movie has to offer that I, I really, if, if you are not black, I think you, you, how you're blown away still. I was like, just as a Marvel fan, like, Joe, just as a sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. if, if you're a sci if you're a fan of science fiction and, and you're someone who, you know, a, a lot of science fictions nowadays kind of bemoan the fact that there's no, nothing new being said, nothing new putting out there, being put out there. I mean, my God, this film just talk about raising the bar. Yeah, it, it was, it was pretty incredible. Uh, just as a, like you could have taken this out of the Marvel universe and it would have been an awesome sci-fi film on its yes. own. Yes. Yes, that's so true. There is so much world building on display here. Um, and what's so cool is that it's, it's a perspective we've never really seen. Um, the, you know, I love, love, love the whole, um, uh, I, I, I can't think of the word right. I want to say concept, but there's a certain premise. Thank you. The, the premise that, uh, you know, cause that's what sci-fi does, right? Right. Sci-fi says, sci-fi says, what if, and then they build a world around that. And so this premise that what if there was this African nation country that was never colonized, what would that look like? What would that be? That's just super interesting on its own. And then to see how they've built everything in this film around that. This is the first time 
that I've actually looked up, and I'm an artist. This is the first time I've looked up the art director in a film and looked up the person who did costumes. You know what I mean? Right, right. Just because it's so amazing. I loved how all of the technology was, was even though it was, you know, um, uh, kind of conceptualized as being built on this, on, on vibranium, this, this, you know, element that came down from the sky, uh, from space. The way it was envisioned by this culture has everything to do with their culture and not someone else's culture. Right. Right. It's how Africans would develop this culture, you know, to the, the, the beads and the, and the textures and everything about how they built it is based on that culture. And I think that was really fascinating to take in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I think there was like the good, like the, the, the stuff I liked about this show or this movie. I'm sorry. I know that bugs you. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff I loved about this movie. Um, I, I, it was one of those movies where I left going, I want to see more of this. Like I, this wasn't enough for me. It has to be, you know, there has to be more movies like this. There has to be like a, a TV series. I, I don't care. I just want to see more of it. Right. Um, one what, of the, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done, but I just wanted to ask you to just kind of um, expand on that. Like, what was it about it that, that made you feel that way? And what else have you seen in the past that has made you feel that way? Um, I, I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen something that that's made me want to really just explore the world of it a little bit more. I think maybe, maybe, um, sense eight, just because it's so um, beautifully shot and there's so much going on that, you know, I'm kind of like, this is a world I want to know more about. But, um, but for me, it was like, I'm trying to think of, of the best way to put it. There, there's a, in video games, sometimes you'll go into a, a game and you'll go into an area and you'll just enjoy exploring the area because they've taken so much time to make it special and realistic and um, to give it character. Yeah. And I feel like Wakanda is very much like that. Like I like it, it makes me sad that this is not a real country um, <laughs> because I, it, it's something that it, it looks like I want to know more about the culture that they're preserving. I want to know more about what they are, um, you know, how – how they see this technology. Like there, there's so much in there that I feel can still be explored and probably will not be because it's, it's still at its core, a comic book movie. And so the story is about the comic book character, right. About exploring this world. And isn't it crazy how much they hint at, like, don't you feel like we just saw the tip of the iceberg? Yeah. Like that, that blew me away by watching it the first time. I, I was like, there's, I missed like half of the cool shit, like <laughs> that they like that they actually like created and and labored on and and presented to us, like. And I love how they treated the audience with respect. I feel like there's a lot that other comic book movies can learn from this movie. Yeah, because because they they didn't, you know, underlined and you know circle all the cool ideas that they came up with. It just kind of was there. Yeah. And the characters are just kind of like, what? Like this, you know, this is how I, this is how we keep in touch. This is how we communicate. This is how we do our thing. You know what I mean? And it's so cool. I I mean, God, you know, we talk about this a lot, how, how much 
you know, treating the audience with respect, like how important that is to your viewing experience. You know what I mean? Definitely. Uh, and they just do that. It's just, that's why I said this, this is a movie you have to see multiple times because I just, I noticed so much more the second time around. And I was, you know, the first time something would happen and I'd be like, characters are talking and I'm trying to, you know, uh, uh, take in the story. But at the same time, I want to like geek out about some really cool ass thing that I just saw someone do. Yeah. Um, or audience, you know, the audience screaming or laughing and then you don't hear, you don't, you know, you miss a few seconds after. I mean, I, I gotta say, I left the theater. I, I turned to Matt at one point on the drive home and I was like, I want, I want those shield capes. Like I want <laughs> oh, one. Like those, cool those are just so that? awesome. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. That was so cool. Um, I loved how they conceptualized vibranium as being like this other thing, you know, it's mm-hmm. not an, it's not something that you can look at and go like, Oh, that acts like this. Right. Or, oh, that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's its own thing. And so they didn't feel the need to explain how things were possible. You just really absorbed that. Oh, like this is some next level shit here. Like, you know, and, well, and that's what they're trying to do in, in Marvel, I think, is start steering away from origin stories and and just let characters tell the stories that they're most known for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool. I mean, we're talking about all the like cool like technology and all the art direction and the costumes and the sci-fi stuff. Uh, the story itself is great as well. The story felt so um, impactful, you mm-hmm. know? It, it felt so nuanced. I felt like I was watching a very nuanced conversation between uh, or, or, or in a group that I'm not necessarily a part of, but I'm learning so much from. Yeah. You know? my, my favorite moments were just the characters interacting with one another. Like that, right. that was like, it was so, it just, it felt, it felt like you were being led into somebody's family. Yeah, and that's not an easy thing to do, right? To keep a movie interesting and keep it moving with just characters interacting. But when that happens and that's good, that's that's what we love, right? Well, and we've talked we've talked about how the big thing that Marvel's been doing right is that they're giving every movie its own feel, its own flavor, its own concept. And this was a political intrigue movie. This was not your standard superhero movie. Like I, I really think you could have taken the powers away from the Black Panther, and it would have been very it, it, it wouldn't have changed it all that much. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think a big reason for that is um, each character has a very strong point of view. Yes. There's no in-between characters in this film. Every character was someone that I thought was interesting that I wanted to follow around. Yes. And it's like, it's got a huge cast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And the way they sketch these characters out, these really interesting, uh, uh, deep characters very quickly, because they have to do, they can't spend, uh, you know, a bunch of scenes on each character. Um, wow, they, the writers just did a great job of that. Yeah, well, and, and Killmonger is, I think, our first fully developed Marvel villain. Uh, Marvel villain. Like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. He, he actually has totally a, a point of view I mean, and he's not just bad because we said so. The waves of that, the impact that that's having on fandom with all of these, uh, um, all of these, uh, uh, think pieces being written about that character and his point of view, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, seeing, I'm seeing, you know, Killmonger was right hashtags here and there, you know? Yeah. Which really interesting to see and to see how that, how this movie has, uh, picked up on that conversation and kind of evolved it, you know, and, and brought it to the forefront. That's really interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I was thinking about as I was going. I'm like, I, I, I see where he's going with this. And I, I, I understand that, you know, you know, we tend to think that this is not the way to go, but I can understand where that is a feeling or a, a desire that people would have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's great writing when you identify with the villain on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was really great. That's really great writing. Um, God, there's so much to get to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, so I loved the take. I'm just going to dive in. I'm just going to, unless there's something that you want to move on to next. No, no, just dive in. We're good. Um, dude, freaking the take on Black Panther on T'Challa as a mix of Tony Stark and James Bond. Yes. How cool was that? Very cool. Like, I like that a lot. As the Q character, are you kidding me? I was giddy during those first <laughs> scenes. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. I got to say, though, my my least favorite character in the entire show, and it's not that I disliked him. It's just that I wasn't excited about his scenes. Was the Black Panther. <laughs> I wanted to see more Nakia. I wanted to see more Okoye. I wanted to see yeah. more Shuri. I, I like they, the women in this show were amazing. And, yeah. and I could have just watched that portion of it for the entire show. Like the black Panther itself, like the, the character, first yeah. of all, I think this is the first time that I finally am starting to suffer from same power issues like i really just didn't care about the fight between killmonger and black panther because it's like okay they're fighting each other they have the same powers we're we're done i'm 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 ready to see villain that has crazy powers that don't have anything to do with the hero like right give right me something yeah. different i don't want to just see who can who can scratch each other better yeah um, yeah I, I feel like uh, they did such a good job of putting their opposing points of view into words and philosophies that the the fight to resolve that did feel a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah. 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 And I, I just kept going, go to bigger, go to the bigger battle, go back to the bigger battle. I want to <laughs> see the women kicking ass. Oh man. Yeah. I, I actually love that this film didn't get cosmic at the end in the third act. Yeah. Um, that I was so grateful for that, man. I was like, please don't pull in like, cause, cause looking at the bigger picture here with Marvel, um, I'm pretty convinced that vibranium is the soul stone, right? It's the last stone in in uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Hmm, it's the, interesting. It's the last. It's the last stone that hasn't been covered yet in any of the other movies, and hmm. it's purple. Oh, good point. And so the meteorite that crash landed into Africa with the vibranium, uh, that mountain, the Soul Stone, is in that mountain. Gotcha. And, that, and that is why in the trailers for Infinity War, we see a lot of scenes of Captain America with T'Challa in Wakanda and the battle between uh, Wakanda's armies and Thanos' armies is because he's there to collect that stone. That's awesome because like I, I, I have not seen the I have I have been kind of pacing my Avengers um, trailers because I don't want to spoil myself. I want to just kind of experience it as as clean as possible. Oh, I but, just spoiled the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But um, <laughs> but that makes me feel good because I was like, I'm really bummed because the way these movies tend to work is, all right, we had all these rich side characters, 
that really I found more interesting than T'Challa. And, yeah. and we're going to get to Infinity War and you're not going to see them or they're going right. to be, they're going to be the, um, um, you know, what's her name? Is it Penny or, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the Iron Man's fiance who, who just kind of shows up when, yeah. you know, as, as, you know, to give Tony a hard time and, and that's Pepper. it. Pepper. Thank you. Yeah. That would have bugged me. Um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but, um, yeah, definitely. I think Okoye is going to be featured uh, in Infinity War. Oh, she has to be like all, all, all three of them because they yeah. were so integral to the story and they were so integral to the character. Like, yeah. Yeah. I want to see more of them. I do not, uh, I, you know, I, I do not want to watch a, a, a movie with Black Panther in it without his full stock of characters. I feel like um, the. It, he suffers from a, a lot of first films uh, for these heroes where they're being introduced. It was not an origin story, but I think it, in some ways it, it, it set him up, it set up his character. Um, but it still suffered from the same thing of like, Oh, you know, you have this whole interesting story and world happening around this character mm-hmm. that is kind of in the middle and therefore a little bit inert, you know? Right. Um, I mean, his arc did make sense for this film. Oh yeah. Uh, I think they needed, they, it, I think this, this film was more about Wakanda, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's what we're saying here. Because if you look at the storyline, uh, the arc, really, the change for Wakanda goes from being one uh, of a secret you know, nation that is hidden from the rest of the world to, by the end of the film, it's, they're ready to announce their presence to the world. And you know, in that last scene at the UN or whatnot, you know he's about to show everyone what Wakanda has and the technology and, and the knowledge that they're ready to share now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's a great kind of, uh, this film serves kind of as a coming out party, um, for it within the Marvel universe for this secret society. Right. right? And we totally forgot to, uh, to spoil alert, but yeah, spoil, <laughs> spoiler alert. It. at this point, if you don't know that about our shows, <laughs> we're covering the film. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I thought about that as we were talking and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to let it go. Just, you know, <laughs> we'll roll with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think um, they did pack a lot into this story. I mean, I, this movie felt like two movies worth of story. Yes. You know, Killmonger's whole arc and the whole thing where he takes over uh, and, and for, you know, briefly uh, uh, wears the crown, I guess you could say, in Wakanda. Um, like, wh- part of me was like, God, what a great cliffhanger that would be. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, a, in another film, you know what I mean? And this movie has so much that that's like the second act. Right. Like that's crazy. There's just so much. Um, do it. Uh, I don't know. We we can talk about specific characters. I have so much. We can talk about moments. Certain moments in the movie that you really liked. I thought it was funny. It was yes. really funny. And that's one thing that I'm not because obviously I'm discussing it with friends that haven't seen it yet, and I'm not really. Normally I would kind of you know just set them up for certain things, but I don't want to say anything to friends that haven't seen it because it's so freaking funny that I think if you go in expecting a funny movie, it won't it won't have as much of an impact. Right, because it's not it's not a it's not a haha like side splitter movie. It's not slapstick or anything like that. It's just the characters are so genuine. Like I love him and his sister. Like yeah, they. They obviously kind of, I mean, you can see the love there. You can see them, um, you know, pushing each other to be better. And, and that humor is very sibling like where there's, 
I think that's got to be a hard thing for actors to pull off because I know I have a certain sense of humor that people comment on when I'm with my brother and like, that's just developed over, you know, 30 some odd years (laughs) of, of being together and, and to be able to capture that between two characters is, is pretty cool. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, God, there was so many, moments between characters that were just a look you know Mm -hmm, or just mm -hmm. kind of like a really quick like if you if you weren't paying attention you wouldn't catch it but that was some of the best stuff in the movie that was some of the funniest stuff in the movie for sure Mm -hmm. um and watching other characters that don't know this society and this world start to be introduced and do like make faux pas and like all that stuff and get called out on it i thought that stuff was so great because Mm -hmm the Wakandans, you know, we're not asking for permission. You know no. what I mean? They're not trying to be liked or they don't give a shit about any of that. You know what I mean? It's like, we, you know, they, they walk into every room, you know, with, with the, the full knowledge and belief that they deserve to be there and that, you know, they're probably going to have to teach the rest of the people in that room a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And I, I love that, that scene in the, the casino where it's just kind of, there's America causing – you know, throwing their weight around, going, well, obviously we've got to take care of it because nobody else is <laughs> yes. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was probably my favorite set piece, actually, uh, mm-hmm. in the, the whole film was probably that scene. Um, mostly because my favorite character is Okoye coming out of this. Oh, absolutely. And no question about it. That one shot, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it, Joe. That one shot where they're because the fight scenes are so cool and they're like you can tell what's going on which i know sounds like you know a backhanded compliment but god with the way fight scenes are filmed nowadays where you, yeah. you can't you can't really see anything or know you know what anyone is doing to, enough to care um the fight scenes were well shot and there was just so much like you knew everyone's motivation um and then they use the fight scenes and the action scenes that normally would just be fluff to push forward the character right right right. and so you know everything you need to know about okoye in that scene where uh she's fighting up on the second level and she's the one who kicks everything off right and she doesn't hesitate and then the camera oh my god it was so great like the camera moves up from the bottom floor to the second floor to zoom in on her fight scene and when she's done dispatching everyone on that floor she looks down the camera looks down with her she sees what's going on down there and then she just dives off the balcony with this like warrior scream and oh man like that that is my favorite moment because then the camera follows her the camera dives with her and as an audience member like you're just you're right in it and Oh man, I I had to stop myself from like getting up and screaming. And she's and she's not, um, she's not Wolverine, which is what they always try and make the the warrior character like like reckless. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight because that's what I do, not because that's what appropriate for this moment. And she kicks it off not because she's being reckless, not because she's being, um. Uh, you know, she, I, I fight without, you know, I, I communicate with my fists. No, she kicks it off because that's what she needs to do. And it's a responsible, like it's a responsible warrior role, which we don't usually see. We usually see the guy who starts to fight off in the bar is the hot shot. It's the hothead. It's the character that, that has to, has to learn to, to chill. That is and, an excellent point. Yeah. And I, I love that because I, I, 
I was afraid, like, because you're you're thinking about how other characters are going to react, and so I'm sitting there going, all right, with the CIA characters looking for something to call them out on, and this is what it's going to be. She's going to start a fight, and he's going to say, well, we could have handled that a different way, and then it becomes the, you know, I'm shaking my finger at you, and in this situation, that didn't happen, and that made me so happy. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and and another thing about Okoye that you kind of touched on is her point of view and her position, right, in this story. Um, she is the responsible warrior, and, and she is referred to as the greatest warrior of Wakanda. Like, I don't think, you know, don't sk- don't sleep on that point, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. You know, Black Panther wears the suit, and he does, you know, wear the crown, and he is the chosen spiritual, you know, warrior leader for this country. That doesn't mean he's the best fighter. No. You know, and they don't feel the need to kind of put all of that on one character, you know, like nobody balks when Okoye is referred to as the the greatest warrior that Wakanda has to offer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And and I love to see her struggle where she's like, she knows that what's happening is not right. She knows yeah. she's not supposed to be um, defending, but that is what her job is. And that's, she can't do what she needs to do if she if she goes against the, the throne, like she's right. got it, she's got to stay there so she can be responsible. And, and you can see the pain in her face that she, she understands what she's doing. Um, and she understands why, um, Nakia is, is where she is because they, li- they, they have very different roles in their society. I love and, how they set that up. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could you could see like you know, kind of just like because I'm not making the same decision as you. Don't think I'm making this decision lightly, kind of thing. Right, right. And they did set up these two characters to be um to 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 represent the opposite sides of that internal struggle that T'Challa is going through. Right, right, right. He's trying to make a decision: Am I going to do things the way they've always been done? Am I going to stick with you know our our mo up to this point? Or am I going to take the less traditional, more radical position of, you know, we need to change things up and I need to be a different kind of king. And Okoye represents one side. The vet, She is tradition and duty personified. Right. And Nakia represents, you know, the radical that is doing things her own way. That has – a matter of fact, I kind of um, – I don't know. I could be totally off base on this, but just within the, the stories of these characters that we've seen so far – my second time watching the film, I started to wonder if maybe Nakia uh, is is a former member of the Dora Milaje, and and she because she has a she has a costume, she has armor that she puts on towards the end of the movie that looks very similar to uh-huh. her armor. Um, and I thought was her hair like recently like shaved off, and you know that's why it's, it might be on the shorter side now in this in you know at this point. Mm-hmm. And she she you know maybe because she's a great fighter as well. As a matter of fact, she's the chosen representing representing warrior of one of those tribes right right Um, right so so part of me was like huh i wonder if she's a recently you know abdicated or whatever um member of the dora milaje and she thought that you know what she wanted to do things differently and there was a better way to to put her energy towards you know helping people and that's why she's a spy now like on the outside you know parts of the of the volcanic border yeah yeah I just love all this history that is being hinted at with these characters, you know? It was just, well, it's so, everything was so fully developed. I mean, it comes yeah. down to that. Everything was so beautifully developed, so fully explored. Yeah. It, it's such a good movie. 
Yeah, the it's so, you know what caught me off guard that I really enjoyed. It's like what once I saw the film, I was like, well, duh. But it's so African. This takes place 100% in Africa in Wakanda, except for a couple of scenes here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that was so cool that they went all in. You know, I mean, with the first Thor movie, you know, they they you could tell that they weren't so. Uh, uh, sure about how people were going to accept, you know, uh, uh, what's Thor's homeworld? Um, um, Asgard. Asgard, you know? And so they kind of like hedge their bets by also having it take place in this like little like backwater kind of town. And I remember watching that first Thor movie thinking, all that stuff is boring. Put me in Asgard. Like, I want to yeah, see, yeah. I want to experience that world. And with Black Panther, they're like, no, 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 no. This is what it is. Yeah. You know, full stop, 100%. This is what it is. So good. Um, let me see. I did I had I made this note here um that the this movie felt like the taking the first half of Wonder Woman and making that the whole movie. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Right. I didn't, I didn't think about it, but you're absolutely right. Because when, when we finished it, like I had the conversation with you, I had the conversation with Kelly. We all said, oh, we just wanted to see the, the Amazons. Like that's, that's what we wanted to see. Right. And that was the best part of that movie. And you're right. Like this, this movie, like it had everything that that section of Wonder Woman had, but it crossed the entire movie. Do you remember how exciting the first half of Wonder Woman? I, I need to go back and watch that again. I've only seen it the one time. But I and and unfortunately, the second half of that film, which I was not a fan of, really colored the rest of my opinion of the film. Mm-hmm. But that first half with the Amazons and the battle scenes and this whole culture was so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, amazing that I just wanted that for the whole movie. And I feel like, again, Black Panther, so many comic book films have so much to learn from this film. Yeah. Um, I, I made the point earlier in the week to a coworker that I feel like looking at the history of comic book movies and superhero movies, um, you, you see, you know, if, especially if you're like us and you've been there from the start, <laughs> cause you're yeah. going to support these movies regardless, right? right, hey, man, right. We're comic book fans. These movies are for us. You know what I mean? First and foremost, as, as fans of these characters. And so we're going to be there to support. And if you, you've been there. Man, you've been through a lot by this point. <laughs> like, yes. So so many highs and lows. But uh, I remember seeing Iron Man, that first Marvel film when it came out. And even though there were, you know, Blade had come out before that, and there'd been a couple other stabs at different characters, Marvel characters. Um, Iron Man felt like a new and different kind of superhero film. Yeah. And we didn't realize at the time that we were watching, you know, basically the birth of Marvel Studios. And and the 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 flavor, the aesthetic that they've become known for, um, Iron Man was that first thing that set that, and it did feel at the time like just a different type of superhero film. And then they did that with a few films, right? They got started to put together their their universe, and then Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and it was like, whoa, this right. is, this is the next stage. This is the next version of this comic book film, right? And, yeah. and and that was kind of like a like a watershed kind of film. And now Black Panther to me feels like the next stage. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. And and it, I think I think there was kind of this moment, and then maybe it started shortly after Guardians of the Galaxy, 
where you could kind of feel like like the river fell into the the lake and kind of all split off and so now all the movies kind of do their own thing yeah and yeah. and it feels like they kind of you know every movie that comes in we're going to get a different feel and i think that's so important because that's how like when people are like i'm over superhero movies i've i've, I've reached superhero fatigue it's like yeah but this is a much different superhero movie and that's the only way these are going to survive is yeah. if every movie is is its own thing uh, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Ant-Man and Wasp because I, I loved Ant-Man. I figured it was, it was fun. It was silly. It didn't take itself seriously, but it wasn't as, um, outlandish as Guardians of the Galaxy was. It, it was something different for me. Yeah. And I, and you know, it, it makes me really dislike how, how many people out there are against this idea of, these films becoming more nuanced and being directed to specific audiences. Um, you know, a lot of people refer to them as like being pandering or like Marvel comics being pandering to diversity and blah, blah, blah. It, it, that's so wrong minded because this is the future of these films. Like this is the future of these properties. It's how they're going to survive. It's for all Mm -hmm. of us to, to really, yes, you know, a film like this might be made for, with a specific audience in mind, but it doesn't mean that the rest of us can't, uh, enjoy it and consume it and learn from it. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and that's, and that's something that I, I've, I've heard a lot of you. You mentioned it at the beginning of this, this podcast. And, and I know Rob from the comic box mentioned it on his, um, prep guide for, for Black Panther. But, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, this wasn't made for us, it was made for a different audience. I, I don't know how true that is. I feel like, yes, it was made from a different point of view, but I didn't feel alienated by this at all. I didn't feel like this is, this is for us only. And, and I think that's something that's very important for, for people to understand. It's like what made this, this movie so great is that it was told from a different point of view, but it wasn't told just for that particular audience. It is meant for everybody to enjoy. And so you know, I, I I understand people saying that it wasn't made for certain populations, but I, I, I don't know that I can agree with that because I feel like what they're talking about is very universal. Yeah. And it, it very um, – um, I'm, I'm losing my, my thread, but, but very um, – it's, feel- it's meant for everybody to – I mean, at the end, the whole message is if you have the resources – you need to go out there and and do something with them. You know, yeah. you need to be part of the world. You need to be making the world a better place. And I feel like that's a very universal message. It's coming from a unique perspective that we haven't had the chance to see. And I think that's what makes it so groundbreaking. Right, right. And I think we're we're kind of we're talk we're trying to make the same point from very slightly different points of view or different different vantage points. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Um because it's it's made with a certain audiences in mind doesn't mean that we don't all have something to take from it and enjoy and and, and so take some enjoyment from it you know what i mean right um that is part like you said that is what makes it ground, groundbreaking that is what makes it different and new and exciting 
You know, yeah, well, just like what we said with with the Last Jedi, if you don't start making things new and different and exciting, they're going to stagnate. It was what I said at the beginning of this show. If I don't take my drama program to different places, right, then we're putting on the same boring stuff every year after year, and and people are going to stop wanting to be part of it. Right. And if if you don't grow and if you don't expand, you're 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 going to stagnate. And and I think that that all the people who who say, oh, I don't. You know, who get upset at Wonder Woman, who get upset at Black Panther because they're taking different points of view. I just I don't get it because it's it's taking away your opportunities to enjoy different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Michael B. Jordan was a great choice for Killmonger. I think he knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Um, I love how they synthesized, you know, this conversation between African Americans and Africans in, into this, these two characters and into this story. Right. Um, there are some great think pieces, like I said earlier, that are being written and shared on social media. Um, I urge people to, to seek them out and read them. Um, it's kind of, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, Joe, but one of the things that I do is, um, I follow a number of, um, very radical feminist, uh, writers and, and social media profiles. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because, uh, to me, and I feel like I learn a lot because, um, these radical feminist points of view are points of view that I think are very important and that I really know nothing about as, you know, a, a hetero male, <laughs> you know? Right, 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 um, right. And, but it's, but, but for that reason, it's really important for me to hear these voices and to listen and to learn. And so one of the things that I do is I follow a lot of them and I consume and read and see all of the stuff that's put out, but I don't participate in the conversation. And I think that's really, really crucial for me is that, you know, this is, I'm, I'm being allowed into a space that is for someone else, but Mm -hmm. I am, I am not, you know, uh, taking up space in someone else's space. Does that make sense? Right, right. You're, you're, you're. You're participating quietly, which not enough people in this world do. Yes, exactly. You know, I, I'm quiet and I'm taking it and I'm learning. And, you know, I, I love the feeling of being challenged of, you know, reading something and thinking, wait, that, that's not right. Or I don't like how that makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And then just sitting with it, <laughs> you know, and just like absorbing it and sometimes maybe reading more into it and like really researching that point of view. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, nine Point nine times out of 10, I come around and say, oh, okay, I see where that person's coming from. I see why that's, you know, needs to be said or whatnot. Um, and so this film definitely feels that way. And like you said, it is for everyone. Um, man, it's just, it's just this, this film is just such a part of such a great conversation. Um, and it's really bringing it to the forefront. And I know that I read a great article uh, in the New York Times uh, this morning um, between uh, an African-American writer and an African writer. And the conversation they had about this film was so great. I urge you to seek it out. Uh, it was the New York times this morning. Um, and it's pretty, I mean, they have a whole black Panther section, so you'll be able to find it. <laughs> we'll um, have to, we'll have to try and get it into the show notes. so People can. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's um, be, before uh, uh, we uh, get close to wrapping up. Um, what were, was there anything else that you felt that uh, landed flat for you? I know you said that, the character of Black Panther, which I hadn't thought about until you brought it up, but I 100% agree that this his character did feel a bit anticlimactic or kind of, you know, in the middle of everything else going on. Yeah, I mean, not 
like my favorite things were that that casino scene was great. Like I thought his character was very like I liked Chala the King. I didn't right. care for Black Panther. Right, right. Um, I thought um, some of the CGI at the end was was not very good. Yeah, no, I wasn't thrilled with the whole on the track thing, which I saw coming a mile away. As soon as they said that Dappen's vibranium, I was oh, like, right. okay, well, like I'm like, all right, I know what I know where the last battle's going to take place. No, that's so funny because I did um, call out a couple of plants that I knew were going to be important story points later on. And a couple of people I was with were like, really? That? How did you see that? I was like, well, when you've seen enough films, like, you know, you kind of get, get the, the, what a story structure is trying to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. My, my husband just handed me a little note that said, did you see Black Panther, biggest February movie release of all time, 387 million worldwide, surpassed Deadpool by a large margin? Damn, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that it's projecting to be – uh, the second biggest opening for I think Disney it, besides the last two Star Wars movies. Yeah, I, I, it's third. Piece, it's sorry. Yeah. it's becoming a a kind of a monolith on its own. I I I, I hope that we have more. I hope yeah. that we have more, and I hope that we have more character. Like I I also don't want this to just be a Black Panther thing. Like I don't want it to stop with like oh well you know we'll do special things like this with Black Panther. Right. Like we, there's a lot of other characters that this kind of stuff can be done with. I mean, I think that's why I enjoyed Luke Cage so much because that also had a, a, a different perspective, a different feel. And they were trying to be, um, you know, they were trying to, to speak about the, the people that they were representing by including them in the conversation, <laughs> which is a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's how you can even keep a straight face finishing that because it's like, well, no shit. <laughs> you know what? Like, like it's it's that it's that feeling of, well, duh, we should be doing this. We should have been doing this all along. And then, but you know, hey, at least at least we're starting to do it now. You yeah. know? Yeah. At least we have a chance to support stuff like this now. Uh, I've had people reach out to me already uh, in the last few days and say, hey, where's some cool you know, comic books that feature people of color that I should check out. And it's like, how great is that? You know, yeah. like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I loved Iron Man, but no one said that to me about Iron Man, you know? No. no. <laughs> so, well, and and, and were, were there some recommendations that you gave? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you want to hear them? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. of course. Uh, well, obviously, you know, there's uh, not only Black Panther, but um, the um, – the the title that Roxane Gay um, wrote um, to to kind of go along with um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' um, main book, um, I, I don't know what it's called, Tales of Wakanda, Women of Wakanda, something like that. Um, definitely, I recommended Saga, which uh, is a book that I love and that I've been reading for a while now. Um, it's an image comics book. Um, I still have to do Saga. This one that I just keep, I, I keep going, oh, I should do it. And then I forget to do it. Yeah, dude, it's so good. And, and it's all of these books that I'm mentioning, by the way, it's the art and the writing, which is like, when you find that combination, you know, like that, I think that's, that's like the, the that's gold for comic book fans. Cause usually mm-hmm. I remember growing up and it's like, oh, I'm reading this for the writing. I'm reading this for, you know, the, the art or whatnot. Um, but these books, like I mentioned, Black Panther, um, America, which is a America Chavez 
character uh, by Marvel. Um, that's a great, great book to check out. Um, Monstrous, which is a title that's being put out by Image. Monstrous is a great book. And talk about world building. Um, that that Monstrous is from the point of view of um, a patriarchy basically never existing. Um, so check that out. That's a really cool book. Uh, there's another book by Image called Bitch Planet. That's pretty amazing. All of these books are really, um, they're visualizing worlds that are very different from ours and societies that are different. And I think um, great characters coming out of those new uh, worlds, I think, is, is what makes all of these really strong books. Last but not least, I'll mention um, kind of an old title, but I loved it um, and still do. It's called Promethea. It's written by Alan Moore. Um, and it was part of the America's Best Comics line that came out uh, years ago. Uh, track down though. There's a few, quite a few graphic novels worth of uh, Promethea comics and stories to check out. That's a great, great title as well. And it features um, inks by uh, God. What's J.H. Williams? I think who who drew the the Bat Batwoman for um, DC Comics a couple years ago. Who's like he? he uh, they ended up winning like you know best artist or whatever a few years in a row. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, check out all those titles. Um, and I'm probably going to go watch Black Panther again just to geek out about w the fact that that film has war rhinos in it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that like – Come on, man. <laughs> I, I got to say, I <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, play, I play a lot of fantasy games. I'm like <laughs> – I've seen War Rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's so funny to see, like, you know, uh, people that are, like, coming to these worlds and these kinds of characters and these kinds of stories for the first time, you know? Um, and, and you just kind of, right, as an old head, as an old geek, you just got to go, oh, I got more of that for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, like, 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 again, you want to go into World of Warcraft? You can tame them. <laughs> you can have them charge at people for you. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. So good. <laughs> um, anything else that we need to touch on this movie? I feel like, I, I don't know. I it, Again, I, I want more of it. And so I'm kind of like now what's – I feel I feel like I need some – I need another fix. Right, right. Well – um, I mean, gosh, this is, we've, we waited so long for a film like this to be made. Um, you're right. I mean, I'd love, can't wait for Black Panther part two, you know, and to just dive back into this world and explore it more. Um, but I think we're going to have to make do with, you know, the next few releases from Marvel, which I mean, gosh, infinity war is only a few months away. That's I know. Is it, I like when I realized it's in April, I'm like, I, how how is it here already that's insane that's the next film right infinity war yeah the next release yeah that's it after that is ant-man and the wasp mm -hmm. and which i from everything i understand it makes me very sad i don't think ant-man has anything to do with infinity war and and, and that just really? makes me yeah i've heard i've read different but i mean i've, I've i dove deep into theories and speculation about uh, Infinity War. So I won't necessarily spoil that stuff here. I mean, who knows? It might not even be spoilers because it's just theory at this point. But right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I mean, spoilers as far as if you've watched the Ant Man trailer, it's like it sounds like he was caught during the whole um, Civil War conflict, and and that was it. Like, like he's he's been in in prison since then. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's um speculation that ant-man and the wasp actually uh bridges um 
Infinity War and the next Avengers film. Okay, so it's basically he's um it 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 goes back a little bit. Yes, it's basically, you know, the one you're right about him not necessarily being a big part of Infinity War, but for that reason, based on what potentially might happen in Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man is our last hope, Joe. Uh, oh, oh. Well, and he is credited in the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. So well, he does at least show up and I don't I don't see uh um, but I'm also scrolling through and seeing all the um all the Black Panther characters being listed in here, and it makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, yes. There's only two Marvel films that come out between the next two Avengers movies, and that is Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel. And right. those two films supposedly have a lot to do with how we get from Infinity War to the next Avengers film. Which is, which my understanding is, is we will not know the title of the next Avengers film because it gives right. away um infinity wars ending yes and and captain marvel takes place in the 90s okay so it's it's a flashback yes so does that mean is she in it i think that's one of the one of the things we have in store yeah i think that she she's a she plays a big part of um the 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 next avengers film i think after infinity war because i don't there's a not not infinity war the next one Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think. Oh, poor Jeremy Renner. Like, I'm I'm scrolling through, and he's so much further down than most of these characters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Poor Hawkeye. (laughs) Hawkeye just can't win. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. That's why he's he's written by Matt Fraction in a great book. Or he was. That was was a great movie. Is that the one where he came back and he was just kind of wearing the um, the arrow T-shirt? Yes, that was and, the whole like down on his luck, like every man story. It was so good, man. Oh, and he's sleeping. Is that where he's sleeping naked in the in the bed and uh, and somebody like shoots up his apartment? He goes diving. Yeah. They they cover him with a little picture of himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, that's such a good. I have I own all three uh, graphic novels worth of, of that run, and it is so good. It's so good. He's such a great character that's so underutilized. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do, man? It's Thanos. They even had to give Spider-Man a a souped-up armor. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. (laughs) I mean, people don't understand how much I love love the Arctic. Like, hanging off of my monitor right now, I have two characters. I have Hawkeye and I have Green Arrow. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) All right. right. We did the damn thing. We did it. Uh, shout outs. Oh man, definitely. Without question. I got to give a shout out to Brianne Walker. She's uh, her and some other cosplayers are actually featured in their own um, piece. I believe, uh, was it New York times or Washington post? Um, but they had a really cool spotlight, you know, given to them and, and, and why they, they do cosplaying and whatnot. And she put, all this effort and energy that she really just volunteered to putting together this really awesome screening. Um, and so we really appreciate her. Uh, Brianne, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Very cool. Very cool. I'm, I'm going to step away from our topic of the week and just throw a big, huge shout out to everybody who's helping me survive this show. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and I think next, next 
week when we <laughs> any shows recorded after today will be a little bit more cohesive because my brain is just not <laughs> it's just divided in so many there's there's people constantly um getting me back on track and and saying no 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 <laughs> i've got this and uh, and so everybody who's involved in this show thank you thank you thank you uh coming up next week which we are you know spoiler alert recording right after we record this one um <laughs> we are uh talking about redefining fandom is that is has that what, how you would describe it right i mean i would say more like you know i don't think we're defining it as much as we are exploring it and but i mean i think that's a good that's a good title because ultimately i think that's what we're seeking to do you know but by no yeah. means do we have the answers but i think they're questions that that should be asked and kind of discussed so we're go- we're going to a heady place next week, guys, and and hopefully you will join us on it, and hopefully it will create conversations that we can carry forward into future episodes. So that's what's coming up next week. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound, is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as Geek to Geek Podcast, Running Shoes TV, The Comic Box. And tea time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epic grays. And Ray, where can we find you? I, as always, am at Ray Vargas 3. Um, that is RayVargas3.com is my website. Um, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at RayVargas3. Is your uh, Black Panther on your website? Uh, it's all over my social media. It's not on my website. <laughs> but it is, so if you uh, want to check that out, we may we may use it as our, our title image for the show. But if, if not, go ahead and check it out because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I also, um, for those that are interested... I decided I got so many requests for T-shirts, which are um, kind of hard to make. They're a little bit pricey because they have to be uh, printed digitally. But um, I, I went ahead and opened orders up for T-shirts. So if you want that image on a T-shirt, find me on social media and you'll be able to um, place an order. I'm not making any profit on this shirt or this idea. It's really just I just want the idea out there. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to find that information uh, on my social media. Awesome. Well, that's it. Um, We will talk to you guys all next week. Until next time, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us.
theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. <laughs>